Bizzle. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. Triple and- A. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's got 25 million concurrent. I know. Every time I hear right Battle Royale, I just hear Jim Sterling on my head going, Triple A. Triple A. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, listen, he gave it a great review. So. Fuck Konami. <laughs> He gave it a great review. <laughs> yeah. So did Skill Up. If, if Skill Up and Dude, Jim Sterling give it good reviews, the, then the, it's... The ultimate proof that people are idiots is not just that they threaten his life for criticizing Breath of the Wild, but that he's like an addicted Switch user now that's constantly praising it for all the other games. He just doesn't like Breath of the Wild. And I gotta be honest, yeah. man, I'm not sure I do either, but hold on. Let's save this for the podcast. Let's save this for the podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome to the Awkward Controllers episode six, I believe, here with Ethan, aka L underscore Fedorable, as usual bringing you updates with the news, plenty of completely unbiased and rational and fact-based opinion, and uh, I'm sorry, perspectives, right, Ethan, as always? I have a hot dog, this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> so, um, recording Tuesday, pretty uh, somewhat late Tuesday night, I think getting back from work, um, fitting this in school. which is great um dude school no more job school yeah school sorry well school job you know leading to a job um, same thing yeah exactly um but uh, uh uh but you know it's we've i think i saw like 30 we've done over the last year is that possible it's like that's somewhere between good. 20 if, and 30 if, yeah it's if, really if good 52 weeks that's pretty good that's like it's extremely that's almost good. yeah that's almost one one and a half weeks Every other what they want to have. No, it's misleading like though because like all any video game coverage I did, I threw into that that playlist. But okay. we've done at least ten to fifteen, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then we turn it to the awkward controller, so it'll be easier to keep track of now. So Ethan, we've got news, sad news about mass firings at Activision, which we will get to. A Sony statement on crossplay. Something about an Amazon MMO, which I have no idea about, so save that, and some other news as well. But I think the format should be, like, what have we been doing lately to start a little bit, and then we'll get into the main stories, and then if we have time at the end, we can circle back to some secondary stuff. But I want to get the main stuff that we're playing, because there's been some pretty big releases. Uh, I guess at the top of the list would be the Civ Six. Um I believe not it's a, uh, free for yet. the next couple days to play the Civ Six DLC. Am I correct about that? It is free. Uh, let me check that. Let me just double check that right now. But the um, and what is it? and like what? Why is it such this DLC such a big deal? Because in the past, well, so they're yeah. so the, the reason why it's free this week is because they're promoting the new DLC, which comes out for all you uh, lonely nerds on Valentine's Day. This lonely Valentine's Day. Nerds on Valentine's Day. Uh, let's see. So what's what? But why this one? Like the first one, it's like people almost were expecting it not to be good, which is normally the case with early Civ DLCs. Why is it always like the second or third one that they finally nail it? So this one's pretty good. Uh, Forty dollars. It better including... be good. That's a switch. That's a switch game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a whole new game in general. Like. Yeah. It's two Steam games, like yeah, or five Steam games. Um, the game I play, they're they're loading it up with a bunch of new civs. Yep, they're loading it up with a bunch of new features, and they're really taking the unique style that the 
district spring from yes. Um, yes. with Civ 6 and mixing it with a lot of features from Civ 5 or turning features from Civ 5 but spinning it in a new way. Uh-huh. So um, the first thing that they're changing is for, uh, I can't remember the last time Civ did something like this but I think they did do it at one point mm-hmm. but uh, limited resources. Uh, so instead of just building a road on iron and now you have iron congratulations you now have a finite quantity of iron on that deposit you have to get more and more iron if you want to keep using iron and per turn your iron count goes down as your unit that you use to build iron with requires iron for maintenance so strategic resources got just got crazy crazy reworked into a way that like seriously affects how you build units and use units in combat so, Eth, so, uh, so basically what I was trying to say was, if you look at Civ 5, it was a two-part strategy, uh, if you will, within the company, with two major expansions, starting with Gods and Kings and then Brave New World. Um, I'd heard different things from different people about it, whether you need both or one or the other, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I ended up playing enough where it really factored in. Honestly, I played way more Stellaris than all, like, the recent Civs combined, um, not like back in the day, but I, I mean, I do like Civ Five a lot, and some people still prefer Civ Five. I mean, dude, on Steam, Civ Five has still has a thousand times better reviews than Civ Six for whatever reason. But let me ask you before we get into the uh, subjective stuff: like, is there going to be a sea change here in in sort of the philosophy of how you approach the game? Is there just more ways to win? Are there different victory conditions? <sighs> there is. There but is. so, but is the but my, my final question because I want you to to go to go next level on this is if there are more victory conditions and there are more things you can do is it just piling on or is it going to actually lead to a better cohesive experience or just more hours to sink into it which would be fine. I think it better expands upon what the developers want you to do right. in Civ Six. Right. Um, one of the big complaints that I hear from people uh, playing through the game on the hardest difficulties, right? Sure. And that's kind of like the aim is like, unless you're playing just Civ casually, which is what I mostly do, but at some day I'd like to like hit the highest difficulties sure. just of my own volition. Sure. Uh, is that things like harbors and Civ Six are yeah. basically pointless uh-huh. because the two ways you win the game in Civ Six are through culture or through science or through mil- a couple ways, military culture or science, sure. Sure. right? You're going to launch the rocket. You're going to have the best, cu- you're going to have the, the most boisterous culture, or you're going to, uh, ca- capture all the cities or make every city the same religion. Right. And so basically to, you're always going to be pumping, culture or science and since you're always pumping those two things you're basically going to be neglecting the harbor district because it does nothing for you but build ships and even then if you have a city on a coast you can just build the ships in the city so it, it it makes it makes harbors completely useless and so one of the things they're doing in gathering storm is mm-hmm. they are changing things so that you can still be building districts that you may want to build like harbors that are less necessary uh, by giving you different bonuses hmm. and by changing the way tiles work through natural disasters. 
Uh, Can you give an example a little bit more specific for people who are a little bit less familiar, maybe? Sure. So uh, with natural disasters or with tile bonuses or both? Like what a natural disaster will do to the tile that was not done before. So so before uh, the game, the game would decide a little arbitrarily, whoop-de-doo, this tile got hit by or your lighthouse got destroyed by a tornado. Congratulations. You've lost your lighthouse in your city. Yeah. Um, and there, it was harder to predict those type of things, mm-hmm. but now the game from the jump basically assigns each tile, a disaster effect mm-hmm. and the, the cause and effect effects of that disaster. So if you are near floodplain tiles and you set your city on floodplain tiles, well, your city is more likely to, the tiles around it are more likely to get flooded, causing damage to the districts there. But after the effects of the floods have have occurred, the tiles around it will get massive food bonuses because of the flood for growing crops. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what the volcano does, but it does something as well. And then, um, Tornado. I forget what tornado does, and it also does something. So it has it has a disastrous effect initially, but then it gives you that aid effect afterwards, where it does something specific. So you can strategically place cities and say, okay, I know at some point possibly this could get flooded, so I'm going to want to build my districts off of the floodplain tiles and put mm-hmm. them somewhere where they're not going to get flooded. Yep. Um, and it just creates this much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughtful balance where you can say am i going to want to have this specific city yep. here where civ 6 is specifically designed around the idea that yep. am i going to want to put a city and here and what am i going to want to do with this specific city mm-hmm. or these sets of cities what am i going to want to do with them and where what is my overall goal so it it, mm-hmm. it all it, it's it's much more uh Versus earlier civs, and I'm a huge fan of Civ 3, even though it is a broken, buggy piece of crap uh, of a game. I like in comparison to older civs, it's just much more thought out in the thought process of what am I going to decide to do here, here, and here, mm-hmm. while still keeping that freshness that Civ has with every new world where mm-hmm. it's a randomly generated map. Okay. Um We'll just do a little bit of retrospection here. So, which civs have you played at oh, all? Civ six, just Civ six. I've mostly uh, of the ones that are included in the game. Uh-huh. I have played Scythia, Japan, and that's it. Because I mostly played mod civs because they were way more fun to play. So how did you get into Civ 6 without playing 3, 4, 5, any of them? I played 3. I played a ton of 3. I owned, uh, my father owned 3 on disc and I inherited that from him. So that's where I started with Civ. Okay. Um, I played a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of 4. I played a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of 5. I got 5 out of the box, brand new, without the expansions in it. And that was a huge disappointment. Anybody who also got Civ 5 at launch can affirm that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stopped playing that and just went back to Civ 3. 
And then Civ Six came out. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to hop into this. And I hopped into it. I got it on sale, and I liked it way more than Civ Three because of all the updates over the years that they've done to phase out older systems from Civ's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously, from 2005 and before that, like games were much more built on upon RNG systems because they were much easier to code. And now that systems can be flushed out a lot better because game design has progressed significantly, uh, it it was a lot more fun to play from what I had been experiencing. So, like, <laughs> did you just teach yourself it? Because the Civ games are less difficult than they would seem if, if you approach it knowing nothing about it and, and look at all your options and, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not simple. There isn't. You have to build an engine of some sort, right? As we talk about right. in, in strategic board you games, you have to you, and, you have to think about what you want to do beforehand and then try to execute it. Yes. Right. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, do you, let's just jump right into it. Let's assume that. Our, I mean, even friends I know who are casual gamers play Civ, so I, I think we're in safe territory to just talk about it a little bit. Um, my question, my first question is, Ethan, is how come after all these years of playing Civilization, which is supposedly like the ultimate 4X expansion, extermination, exploration, blah, blah, blah game, you know, it's the classic, it's beautiful, it's historical, so, you know, even though it's not, you know, but it plays on historical themes and, and, and events and, and, and buildings and structures at four, first and it's foremost. Addicting. It's addicting. Um, it's very addicting. But there are some mid to heavyweight, like, strategy Euro games out there that captured the building of civilization with actually fewer mechanics but they require a higher level of like if you crossed um civilization with go that's what you're talking about like if you cross civilization with a, an unbelievably difficult abstract strategy game like go or um you know i guess the high levels of chess as well um does that make sense because right. Let me let me ask you this, and we'll we'll go at it this way because you know I'm a big board gamer, which is traditionally in Civ, how many realistic ways to victory are there? Feel free to go through them quickly or or not quickly. Um, I'm curious, like really truly realistic beyond just conquering um, in Civ. And, you know, have the expansions and Civ 6 in general uh, uh, expanded, for lack of a better word, um, in, or I should be, be more specific because you've already said yes, in what ways have they expanded uh, overarching victory conditions and win conditions, if that makes sense? Sure. I mean, yeah. so... With your understanding, I, you, you know, this doesn't need to be... In Civ 6 specifically, yes. from what I understand, they are all very achievable. Uh-huh. They're all very achievable. And in Civ 6, it meets that goal of, listen, you could totally go for any of these options. And if you're just shooting for one, go shoot for one. Uh, especially in, I believe, on Deity, the hardest difficulty. Or Sid, I, I forget which one it is. Uh-huh. Um, the, the idea is you want to shoot for one, because that's going to be the fastest and easiest way to win the, the hardest difficulty. Um. But more than that, it's just in Civ 6, uh, 
it, like I said, it's very easy to set up and build cities around a specific goal in mind. That way, your civ as a whole can go after one specific victory. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are going for a science victory, you choose a sieve that has science bonuses. So, okay, let's let's start with the let's start with. Sorry, this is this was my bad. Let's start with the macro: military, science, religious was added to five. Was religious it, from there at the beginning with six? It wasn't there, but they hot patched it. They uh they put a patch in. It was a okay. free update because that's what gods and kings was. Gods and kings, yeah. Uh, to 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 two K's credit. Because they like to sell you fixes to Civ Six, mm-hmm. or well, the Civ games in general. Um, they they did they did an overhaul. If, if I remember correctly, they did an overhaul to religion for free. So yeah. good on them on that. Yeah, uh, because at launch, religious victories weren't bad to go for, but they weren't engaging either. So they 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 did something to. To rework that, and it, they did a good job with it because it's Which, now very good can, to go for a religious victory. Can, can we ch- no? Can we chase that? Can we chase that notion real quick? Sure, sure. Um, so, which, oh, no, oh, let me just throw. Let me just throw, let me throw it to you. Yeah, yeah, Which is going for religious victory in again strategic board games it is extremely satisfying because it's built in as a major mechanic from the beginning as like this is one of the ways you can win and in some in some games going for the military victory like if there's three major win uh, win, win conditions sometimes in some games conquest is less than 33 percent uh probability you know like mm-hmm. it's built that way um, and I, I think the best uh, board game I could bring to talk about this um, is called Through the Ages, which is one of the highest rated games ever online, uh, one of the highest rated strategy games. And I don't know how it works with Android stuff, but on the App Store, it has like a 4.9 out of 5 with thousands of reviews for a 9.99 game that will cost like 50, 60, 70 dollars in board game form and it's spectacular on the iPad. Hopefully they have that at Google Play as well. You can also get it on Steam for like 15 bucks. It's spectacular. It's nowhere near as graphically, you know, ambitious as uh, civilization. I mean, if you just combine civilization with sort of a Euro card game and somewhere in the middle, that's what it is. But you're still thinking at a super high level, and maybe you have fewer choices on the surface. But the combination of choices is more difficult. Because let's be honest, man. Like you know, the game is built. The the, the addiction. The, okay, let me give you a thesis about the addiction, the addictiveness. And you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think the addictiveness is they build it so that you always feel, no matter how well or not well you're doing, that you can still build an engine to go hundreds, if not thousands of years, even if you're not going to win, right? And that's the one next turn thing. It's like, oh, I can turn this around. I can turn this around. Oh, just turn my economy around, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's put it this way. You know, like more complex strategy games like Europa Universalis and Hearts of Iron and stuff, like you will get slaughtered immediately if you don't know what you're doing and i've tried those games and i cannot understand those games i I do again if uh, those in board game form they just cut the fat and you know when you're playing with physical stuff it's easier a little bit fewer options so uh, how much is civ guiding the player 
compared to what the player is is guiding Civ, if that makes sense. I'm not saying it, it's it's just an activity and not a game, because it's very hard, and you can play, and I'm sure you play on difficult levels and difficult scenarios. Um, but the, the core is that there is a sort of self-running engine um, if you even know a little bit about what you're doing. Agree, disagree, or somewhere else? Mix of both. Okay. Because I think the framework of Civ lies in two ways. Mm-hmm. The first is the preset options of how you set up the world and how it's randomly generated or not, yep. right? You can play on global Earth-like maps that are preset. You can play on set-up maps where it's four, a four-relief clover <laughs> and each sieve spawns in a specific area and you can predict how they will spread out. Or you can play on a randomly generated map in a certain order from one giant landmass to islandic plates mm-hmm. right and it's all up to you whether you want to set up the game with specific civs in it or it could be all random or random and si- or and specific like it, it's 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 a mix of what is the difficulty how is the game set up mm-hmm. and how will you predict about what your opponents are going to do mm-hmm. um and not even that, or, or, or yeah. rather, what are you going to do, and how are your opponents going to respond? So let's do let's do some comparative uh, game, uh, well, some some comparative game comparison. God, my vocabulary is terrible tonight. I apologize. Um, let's talk about any other. Cause I know there are others, so this isn't me. This is me setting you up for the question. Um, any other over the years, any type of real-time turn-based strategy game, either online, uh, PC, console, or board game. I, I'll give some examples too. I just gave one with through the ages. I have some more like common ones, like Pandemic and stuff like that. Um, but let's start getting the conversation going about strategy because let's be honest, man. Starcraft, Civilization, and now Stellaris are still doing very well, and the Paradox must be well doing well because they keep turning out games like ter- um, not Terraforming Mars, like whatever their Mars game was and the BattleTech game that didn't do so well. Now they're releasing a new Imperial Rome, like semi like. Europa Universalis 4.5 or 5 or whatever that doesn't even run on my computer uh, for some reason. Um, so these things are, are doing well. So what other strategy games um, made a, a dent leading up to your Civ 6 uh, you know, experience? The only big one I can think of. You played specific- Warcraft 3, right? I played... I, 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 I want to say play... Mm-hmm. More of I went to camp and was shown Warcraft 3 and then was told to make a mod for Warcraft 3. Oh, okay. Okay, so you didn't really play it. So okay. I didn't really play it, but I definitely was given a crash course into the dive mechanics and understanding of what this type of RTS game was like. I downloaded Starcraft 2 for a little bit, just a tiny bit. You've never played Brood War? No. No. But the... And this Starcraft is, this is, is better than Starcraft 2, man. Honestly, I want to. I, I, I kind of want to go back and play the uh, Brood War uh, remastered. Um, but to be honest with you, you played board games though. You've definitely played board games. I know I've, you have. Well, I've played strategy board games, but not in the same, not nowhere near the same level or understanding. It doesn't matter. Of, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not apples to oranges. It is apples I'm to apples. To, okay. 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 Give me a second to think about what I've played. But what I was going to say, video game wise, yes. 
yes. was the two video games that I would classify as strategy games or yes. in any way um, would be early on. And this you is played a great Fire segment. Emblem. This, this, you this, played Fire Emblem. Fire, Fire Emblem was one of them. That's a okay. huge strategy game. Right. Fire Emblem was huge. But before that, what really led me into Fire Emblem was Advanced Wars, which is a great segue for later. But so so Advanced Wars for anybody who doesn't notes. know, yeah, go ahead. Is an old 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 game for the Famicom back in the day. Famicom being Thank the original God. Nintendo people, being the original Nintendo, uh, which was eventually re- released, got releases for the Game Boy. Uh, is an old uh, turn-based strategy game that Nintendo came up with using the fire using the Fire Emblem engine. Yes. Right. Yes. For our um, listeners, really, can you just give a two-second? Uh, you and I know well what Fire Emblem is. Can you just give our listeners like a two-second summation? Sure. Of- fire Emblem is a uh, top-down two D, mostly. Um, it's XCOM meets anime meets Nintendo, basically. Yeah, it, it's 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 just a top down. It's anime uh, XCOM. It's anime XCOM. It's, it's yeah. anime. It, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how to describe it other than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's but it's equally satisfying somehow, even on port, especially on portable devices. I think, dude. Uh, At least the story's better. I mean. Dude, I don't want to get into our Nintendo Switch conversation yet, but I will say, if I had to add up all the Fire Emblems, I had to look at the hours on my um, my 3DS, because I've done a couple of them more than once. How many would you think over the last like three to five years? Fire, just all total Fire Emblem. 40% of it? No, no. How many hours? Knowing me, give me a ballpark of how many you have. It's probably around one hundred and fifty to two hundred. I would total? say, yeah, because I, I think I've done two fifty-hour campaigns hours. with um, Awakenings, and I've played through all or most of the three sort of three-parter that uh, got better actually as it went along. Um, that came afterwards, Fates or Echoes or whatever Fates, the fuck it's called. Fates. And I'm Fates about forty. Right, and I'm about 40, 50 hours into the rebooted Valencia, which I really do like, actually, but it's it's sort of old school, and I'm kind of stuck, but it's still 40, 50 hours, so it's a lot. And, so 175 yeah. hours. But I don't play permadeath. In XCOM, you don't get a chance to, to choose if you're permadeath or not, and so it can be absolutely brutal even on the easiest levels, so... Fire Emblem's a little bit lighter, or at least you can choose to. Now, dude, when you played Fire Emblem, did you play Permadeath? Oh, my goodness. So, my first Fire Emblem game was from mm-hmm. the Nintendo Ambassador Program, which was given to anybody who signed into and connected their Nintendo account on their 3DS on the first year, or I think like the first six months of owning a Nintendo 3DS. Mm-hmm. So, they gave everybody Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. Which was a good old fashioned Game Boy Fire Emblem, and there was no casual mode, meaning there was only permadeath. Uh-huh. You didn't have an option. Yep. Now you could save scum, but I didn't save scum. And okay, so really I quickly, never, guys, I've never beaten that game for I've the uninitiated. 
so we have to start doing fun introductions of some of these. So permadeath guys is it makes more sense with XCOM because you're like, oh, you have these special ops people, and some of them die, and then you have to replace them. But in Fire Emblem, they're like fully formed anime characters, and even though some of them are, many of them are like the stereotypical anime characters, you still kind of get attached to them, and it's brutal when they really die. And I just didn't grow up, man. Between StarCraft and Civ, you have to Zerg and throw, you know, you have to have cannon fodder. I hate to say it. Um, and so I, I just I've never I never grew up doing that, and XCOM was too hard for me growing up. I, again, I played Civ, Warcraft, and Starcraft, so I, I can't do permadeath. So permadeath permadeath is when you lose your people for good, and scum uh, save scumming or or spamming, depending on you know your generation, is just micro like uh, every little thing that goes wrong you just immediately reload your last save essentially and try and do a perfect run because of let's be honest the dice rolling that goes on with the computer with these right. games right right so and that's what i love about fire emblem is they give you a very realistic i mean let's put it this way the better fire emblem games give you a very realistic percentage without telling you exactly what's going to happen Right. The frustrating Expe- ones, especially with crit chances. Yeah, well, the the frustrating ones, it's like either a hundred percent when it shouldn't be, or they never hit, even though it's like eighty three percent. You know what I mean? Right. So whatever. So uh, just for the for the people. So okay. So Fire Emblem, you're aware of it. You know. So you know, turn based, tech, tactical. Um, you know, level whatever. Now remember, I told you that Bungie's first big games were called Myth. Right. I don't know if you researched that, but like that was like you know the total war model of real time strategy games where you lead uh, entire battalions at a time. Mm-hmm. Like Bungie invented that with um, with their myth games, where you would you know have an entire unit of elven archers or dwarven warriors or fucking human barbarians or whatever, and you'd lead them around the field. Homeworld then did a similar thing in space with spaceships. It was less compelling, but still kind of cool, um, and uh, and so forth. Um, uh, any board games uh, that you would consider a strategic, e- even if they're like dumb kid games or like stuff you grew up on or or more recent? Um, the, the 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 there's two the, the, there's two that I can think of. Um, now this is a basic one. You've pr- maybe heard of it. Uh, it's called Toss Up. You heard of Toss Up? Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. So Toss Up was a, a, a one that I played with my family when I was younger. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of that game is all RNG. Yeah. <laughs> so Random obviously, number generation people managing managing mitigating RNG yep. is it was the name right. of the game in that. And this so is, that, that yeah. that's a good that's a good teacher there is just right. only fighting RNG. Right. And so um, and dude, this is where board games shine is is dice mitigation, right? Is mm-hmm. like there are so many ways through cards and through various other strategies when you're building a board game to give the person agency so that if they keep rolling ones, twos and threes, they're not totally fucked if they're playing their other strategies. Well, I mean, you still want luck to be a factor, but the reason the mainstream games of America, like monopoly and so forth are so horrible is there's no dice mitigation. It's complete RNG. You basically could math out the entire game, 
you know, I, I mean, people might think this is crazy, but the card game war, which is literally 100% determined ahead of time, is only a half a step below Monopoly in terms of strategy. Um, and Monopoly is just like one of the worst games, but at, at the same time, people who grew up liking certain aspects of things like Risk and Monopoly, that has dr- driven the rebirth of, uh, or the birth of the modern board gaming industry. And dude, everyone that I play with who's into like medium heavy games loves playing Sev. You know, I mean, maybe they play Stellaris, maybe they play Starcraft, maybe they don't. Everyone plays Sev. Um, but there is an itch that that board gaming can scratch, and uh, uh, and so uh, um, I, I want to throw it back to you. And uh, let's r- why don't we wrap up the Civ talk and move on to some other topics? Which is, what's the one thing uh, that, based on any evidence or just hopes that you think this second, um, just like with Civ Five, that this second and hopefully final major expansion, at least of the first phase of Civ Six, what like one thing, big or small, would you like to see implemented well, and how, um, uh, in order to improve your uh, Civ Six experience? I hope it. Uh, I hope it really makes me want to play. Uh, the new civs because the I, I w- w- when I choose a civ when I'm playing any of the civ games, it's about what cool thing, what cool one part of the game am I going to really enjoy this run? Is it going to be with this military unit? Is it going to be finishing six wonders at the same time? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be? Uh, it it is it is it going to be launching the rocket first, right? Is it going to be looking at that rocket chart and saying I need this many more turns to win the game? It it, it just depends. It, it just depends. Uh, and so I hope let, I hope let some of these Ben do... Brenner tell you a little a little story about a little game called Alpha Centauri. So Sid Meier, whose name's attached to Civilization, are you aware how much Sid Meier's involved at this point, or is it just like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord he, of the Rings? I, 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 I think it's a, I, I think it's a Gary Gygax level involvement. Okay. Um. So he was obviously instrumental though in Civ One and Civ Two. And then there was sort of a semi-hostile takeover of the property for Civ Three by a company. Uh. What company was that at that point? Firaxis, I think? No, he formed Firaxis. Uh, he split off. So anyways, at the end of Civ 2, the goal was to launch to Alpha Centauri, which for you uh, non-nerds out there is the closest um, major uh, um, star system. Uh, what's the word like habitable star system it's like exoplanet it's the closest exoplanet yeah it's like 12 light years away or something i thought it was three okay well anyways it's 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 relatively it's it's much further than mars okay matt damon can't get there um but it would take 30 years it would take 30 years yeah um it's crazy like that and dude honestly maybe this is just because i'm a sci-fi nut but what was brilliant about alpha centauri and this is the same with Stellaris, is did you watch Star Trek at all growing up or any, any, yeah, any of that? I watched, I, I, I watched Deep Space Nine right. to full, and then I watched okay. all of Voyager to full. Okay, so, awesome. Okay. Well, the you good fo- stuff. The follow, good stuff. Follow me, follow me here for a second, right? So there's a lot you can talk about with Star Trek. Let's just focus on technology. So in Star Trek, 
there was a huge arc from our time until the 23rd, 24th century of development, obviously. Warp speed, um, uh, you know, transporter rooms, phasers, it's right, et cetera, et cetera, you know, curing all diseases, blah, 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 blah. A lot of that was given to us, uh, humans by the Vulcans and other species. And then, of course, we became the dominant species because that's what always happens. But Ethan, did you ever notice how in all of those seasons with all of the technology, they never really advanced from the point that we started with whatever show you're watching? Meaning, you might be watching season two, episode four, and they come across some totally bizarre, you know, nebula that's like alive, and they solve the problem of the week, and then the technology never develops into anything, right? It's like they've almost hit like a static barrier. But in some ways, that's more interesting because it would be bizarre to just be like, you know, having to follow major technological advances. And by the way, they're doing that on Star Trek Discovery, and that's part of the reason people are into Star Trek Discovery is it's much darker. It's much more like the J.J. Abrams version mixed with Battlestar Galactica. It's great casting, acting, blah, blah, blah. But they are actually doing things with warp drive that we didn't know were possible and and stuff. But we never really saw that. And what was great about Alpha Centauri Man and Stellaris is like this is... Because the technology was just like phasers level one, phasers level two, phasers level three, it's not as interesting in terms of an evolution, but you could focus way more on things like unit movement and economic development and agricultural um, you know, uh, efficiency. Does that make sense? You're not worried about like r- going through these hoops of like fake evolution that, you know, are both ahistorical and anachronistic and you know what I mean? And kind of arbitrary in civilization. Again, I love Civ, but can you see where like, again, someone who, you know, playing Fire Emblem, maybe there's something in between where it can be 4X strategy, but also a little bit more tactical on the turn-based side. And I think to lead into our main point here about how I keep trying to play StarCraft and all the different things, and I keep being bored by it and going back to Civ and Stellaris is I, I love the turn-based stuff, and, and I'm thrilled about Stellaris. I, I just wish we had more, and I'm thrilled about the success of, of Civ 6 and, and ongoing with Civ 5, but but are you, uh, I mean, do you hunger for different visions of this kind of thing, or are you cool with Civ as your turn-based thing, and that's that's it? And then we're going to move on to some other topics. I think I'm cool with it for a couple reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is kind of like chess. You always, uh, with Civ, you have a massive difficulty layer. That you that for me personally, I like to play through to try to get better and better and better at. To say I I've, I've beaten the hardest thing here. I'm I've I've done it. I've I'm at the top. I've done it. Boom, done. Uh, and in the Civ games, to master like with differences between like say three and six, which is what I specifically do, where I'll go back to three and I'll go back to six, and then I'll go back to three and then I'll go back to six. Sure. Where it keeps it fresh for me, but the, those games, if you look at them as strategy games, even though they're in the same franchise, they are completely different games. Because you to, to master one, you are looking at totally different systems in another. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's enough because like chess, there's a specific way to play the game, Yep, and that's it. And you just master those rules and you master that game. Well, actually, play. it's the opposite of chess. Because in chess, there's only one way to win. Well, I guess technically there's two ways to win. But um, it, like 
that's what's supposed to make modern strategy games, whether it's Civ or on the board with Catan or Through the Ages I talked about or a million other, you know, Terra Mystica, Scythe. I mean, there's so many good, like, strategy games, beautiful board game strategy games now that really simulate different aspects. I think that's the thing, man, is, is but board games, the good ones are not, the board games that try to, and by the way, there is a, an official civilization board game that has like a bazillion pieces and weighs a thousand pounds. And it's actually, from what I heard, not horrible, although it's very complicated and very long. But what they've realized is the best way to do even a heavy strategy board game is to hone in on certain parts of Civ and and it, exploit them. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. wh- whether it's resource, uh, basically prioritizing resource management or gathering, worker placement, um, unit control, area control, right? And, and even those games have lots of different elements, but usually it, it focuses on one. Civ tries to do everything. It ends up to me feeling nothing historical whatsoever. I mean, in some ways, the sci-fi stuff. I know this is going to sound weird, but in some ways, Stellaris feels more real because I can imagine that sort of future. Whereas Civ is so blatantly just taking the patine, if you will, of history and painting it over a very large checker, Chinese checkerboard, basically. I agree and disagree there. I mean, since I'm, I, I never, I never played the, like the, the mm-hmm. earthbound maps where okay. it's looks like the earth and everybody starts in their natural location. Sure. Quote, quote, natural. If sure. you're playing as, if you're playing as the Netherlands, I don't think you existed at 4000 BC. Thank you very much. But, you know, whatever. Um, and oh, so no, there were definitely creatures in the Netherlands of 4000 BC. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure there were creatures in the Netherlands. I don't think William the whatever was William of Orange the, was the leader of the Netherlands at 4000 oh, I see BC what you're saying. wearing yes. a. Uh, a 16th century neck frow. like it, no um i think but, the so, sean so, so bean idea was a bad idea i think it was a very bad idea Not, and i love sean bean honestly I, every movie he's in I, I love it game of thrones i know the joke about that he always dies i don't care he's he's phenomenal i think game of thrones season one is so underrated and the you know the, the hipsters who join later like to bash it but without the stark uh drama in season one we wouldn't go anywhere sean bean's the man the problem is the quotes are dumb they're they're kind of out of place and they should have just sprung man for voice actors you know but i could accuse blizzard of the same thing with starcraft you know going a little cheap on the voice acting anyway oh there's no uh, there's no voice acting in three but whatever um but anyway anyway the the, the point more or less is like just the to me realistically saying it's 1300 AD, the Sistine Chapel's being built. Well, I mean, you know, more or less, yeah, I gotta get it. That's historically kind of accurate, whether it's being built by the Ottomans or not. Who really cares? You know, well, like, the, whatever. I, mean, but, I, I like and, and that so, they're trying so, to educate people with, with the Sean Bean stuff. I'm, I'm into right, the, the theory... Right. 
just I, I think there could have been <clears throat> more execution. Like they should have done two or three campaigns, like the Terran, Protoss, and Zerg type thing, where they really. I mean, and look, don't get me wrong. StarCraft Two storyline compared to one is like pathetic, and I hope the Warcraft Three people are learning lessons. They're already kind of hinting that they realized that StarCraft Two was flawed, and they're going to work on that with Warcraft Three, which is more of an RPG slash strategy game, which I want to talk about in a little bit you know what i mean but like well they do do that though i know they have campaigns like 1066 vikings and civ 5 and you know and so forth but you know to to actually i think that's good enough because i think i i I think what i was really trying to get at more with your point and i understand your point Mm -hmm. is that the it takes me out of the immersion of the no immersion that this is okay just a simulation and this is how i'm playing it out and i don't see like as as much as I appreciate the historical knowledge that they put out there, sure, I'm not playing Civ to get a history lesson, obviously, because I'm playing yeah. as the German, or because I'm because I'm playing as the Japanese. Dude, I think Africa. that's the honest assessment of the game, and it's not a knock on it, but it, to say it is a history lesson, it would be lying. I'm saying I agree with you. You're saying exactly the right thing. You know, right, right, yeah. Right, and and so and and so, it, it, to me, to me, it's more about having fun, as yeah. using samurai to kill, uh, Indian war elephants. Like sure, it, 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 that, that's what it's about to me. Yep. And versus other games like Europa, yeah, like. Uh, what's that one? Mm. Uh, it's that really, really, really hard in depth one. Yep. Uh, anyway, let me throw one more point. The, all, let me throw all the more, more yeah. serious, more depth, more hardcore strategy games. Yes. Good old people who like and play. Right. Go for it. Okay. But for me, mm-hmm. Civ is about this mm-hmm. much more casual, but me, also yeah. experience that I want to engage. Okay. I'm going to take one more shot at my, again, this is a critique, not a criticism. I love Civ for the record. This is just as a totally nerdy war gamer and board gamer of all uh, digital and otherwise. This is my last little critique. And then I want to move into a couple things I've been playing, not in the strategy realm. And then maybe we'll come back because, um, maybe, I don't know. I think we should address Warcraft three. Maybe as our final topic. We can talk about war groove too. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, that'll be our final topic is we'll, we'll loop back towards upcoming strategy games. Um, but really quickly, <clears throat> you, you, so you know what asymmetrical powers are, obviously, right? And mm-hmm. that's the thing. The best board games come in the box with no matter if it's like a fantasy theme, then it's like hobbits, elves, dwarves, whatever. If it's sci-fi themed and you're different alien races or different factions of humanity or what you know, different types of, of, of magic users with different spells like magic you know i mean that's the whole point of building a magic deck is to be asymmetrical but like you know the best board games that aren't like crazy collectible games also have that and a lot of board games get criticized because in the box they uh, you know everyone's the same and then they release an expansion that you need to buy in order to get asymmetrical powers but my point being civ (laughs) despite trying to really pull out the uh i gotta adjust my mic 
pull out the sort of cultural uniqueness of different cultures, it ends up feeling not that asymmetrical in the end. It just, it feels like the way, and this was, and dude, and this was the big step that people don't realize from later than my generation about Warcraft and Warcraft 2 leading to StarCraft was that Warcraft and Warcraft 2, humans and orcs, were exactly the same with just different names and graphics. StarCraft was the first game of its kind, including Command and Conquer, which is so overrated. StarCraft was the first one to have three different races with three completely different strategies. And over the years, you know, Terran, Zerg, and Protoss have taken on very different levels of uh, people saying that they're superior. Like at the moment, Protoss are the super OP, but it hasn't always been that way. Zerging used to be the big thing. Does this make sense that like with all all the, with all the races and religions and nationalities, it doesn't end up because you, you still have settlers and spearmen and uh, bowmen, you know, and, and so forth. Or, or would you argue that in six, as the most refined version, that as you go along further than I've gone, it gets more asymmetrical and unique based on your your culture? Ethan, you there, buddy? In any game okay. with numbers damage mm-hmm. that you can put into a excel spreadsheet sure. there's always going to be a number one what's the best one to play no that's not that's not that's, in, not, that's that's not my but, but what i'm saying is no, no, but I, I understand yeah, what you're saying are the numbers as you go along militarily you know religiously culturally whatever like do the cultural factors continue to create uh, meaningful differences that you can exploit for strategy as the game goes on. I just don't know because I haven't played long enough on Civ Civ Six. I, I would say yeah. Civ Five is mixed on that count. I'm just curious as yeah. someone who's played through Civ oh, Six. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 What's your favorite? I mean, always... What's your favorite? And and why? Game or no? What's Civ- your favorite? What's your favorite uh, civilization culture to to play and why? And we'll, and we'll move on from there. Or 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 a favorite. Uh we don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Probably Japan, just because it's the one I I, I started playing when I was younger. So just give an example to people who haven't played Sev but have know about the legendary Sev. Like, what's one thing the Japanese can do that's dope? Uh, so in Civ Three, they were pretty cool because they were the strongest in class unit for the technology that you unlocked mm. and you can only build. And so one of the things about Civ is, is that every Civ has a unique unit that only that Civ can build during that time. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty powerful uh, early in the game for Civ three, because if you get it and you just pump out that type of unit, yep. you can just, you, you go to town and you can go all over. Um, for for con- conquering any neighboring civs, sure, and that's huge. That's huge. It's huge uh, huh. early on in the game, but it requires a certain number of facts to pull off, uh, yeah. and they don't always line up right. So, hmm. all right, uh, man. But when you do, when, when you do pull it off, it's fun. So, all right. So let's jump into a couple more things we've been playing, and then we'll go through some news. Um, I guess it's my turn because we just talked Civ Six forever. <laughs> So take your pick, uh, Z- Zelda slash Xenoblade or my Assassin's Creed might, experience. You might, as, you might as well just do the whole Switch conversation if you're going to do Xenoblade Zelda. 
Uh, well, let me just run through Assassin's Creed super quick because I've only done a few hours. Yeah, yeah, each, go for it. And then yeah, we, yeah, we'll, we'll run it. to yeah, that. Yeah. Um, which is Black Flag is as I remembered, I only played a couple hours on the PS3 because that was right when I was like not then playing video games for a while and then I got a PS4 and I gave away my PS3 and I've been waiting for Black Flag to go on sale. Finally, it's on sale for twelve ninety nine. I said, all right, I got to get it. You know, I love the pirate theme and ships and, you know, I've been doing ships, steering ships in The Witcher as well, but you get to steer huge fucking ships and do broadside, you know, attacks and naval stuff. And what, We have and, to play Sea of Thieves together. Yeah, and, and while Origins is smoother and you can start to see the improvement towards odyssey and side note felicia day who's like got a two-year-old and single mom she puts her kid to bed with her three million twitter followers and then at like midnight she sneaks in in like five hours of uh, of assassin's creed odyssey where the sweetest woman on the planet is just like murdering people and and glory and glorying and it is absolutely hilarious and, and perfect uh, but I, I immediately became bored with the color palette and uh, sort of, uh, I don't know. I, you know me, I'm an Africa guy. I lived in Africa. I love Africa. I love the setting of Africa for Origins. And I think after playing Black Flag some, I'll get back into it. But Black Flag is immediately interesting because you're a pirate and you're on a ship and it's a you know, shipwreck. Like all great pirate stories, you start with the shipwreck. And the fighting is pr- pretty good, man. I got to say, I'm using Witcher t- uh, tactics. The uh, fighting's fairly smooth in, in Black Flag. In Origins, you just they they murder you if if you're not uh, stealthy enough early on. Um, it, so you really have to be stealthy. And so far, I've been able to upgrade my swords, and I'm just killing colonialists um, on in 1775 in Cuba. So fuck the man, fuck. <laughs> kill 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 the white man to quote howard stern um so uh, i yeah dude i mean I, I i know you don't have any real comments on this but i think it's accepted that black flag is the best maybe with with two and i think it's the setting i mean havana and florence are by far the best assassin's creeds settings that i've seen so far um thoughts no i mean everybody this this is this is part of the assassin's creed problem but yeah um uh, Everyone I talk to yeah. who likes the Assassin's Creed franchise, who plays the Assassin's Creed franchise, all have different opinions on which one is the best one for whatever reason. For whatever reason, have you everybody heard is not different. those two that I but, mentioned. Hold on, I am. Hang on. Okay. But I'm hanging. The mo- from what the most opinions that I hear from, yeah. everyone at least agrees that Black Flag is in the top three. Just it just is. And so, because of that, like, like I'm, I, I, I'm just gonna put credit behind what you're saying. Like, it, everyone I've ever talked to about that franchise always says Black Flag is in the top three. Yeah, I mean, so. the climbing is janky. <clears throat> the the turning, I mean, again, spoiled to death by Horizon, just the smoothness of the movements. Now, Horizon is even easier than Assassin's Creed for the most part to make your jumps, and it's a much smaller part of the game. But, you know, going up a giant robotic uh, dinosaur giraffe creature and sticking your blade into its head to hack it and then repelling off of it is much cooler than just diving into a bale of hay. 
Um, but it was the it was the original jump off though. It is, and this one adds wells and 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 water, and, and the characters cool. The whole going to the future thing makes no sense. Although, as we you, may, you do have to play, you have to play the rest of the franchise for that. Yeah, but. no, I know. I've played two, and, and I understand the mythology. And honestly, watching Genlock with the disembodied human minds, it's not that different. It's just that in Genlock, they're in the same time and place. Here, it's you know different time and place, but same kind of idea. So yeah, so I'm definitely going to play through as much Black Flag as I can tolerate, and then um, uh, maybe go back to to Origins. But I, I just want to fight, man. Like I like being able to add stealth into what I do. Um, but I, I, you know, like I, I'm not here to play Metal Gear Solid 17. You know what I mean? Um, right. Uh, you're not much into stealth games in general, right? I don't really have a lot of stealth games. Yeah, me neither. I mean, if you count Dark Souls as a stealth game, if you're going to run past everything, which no, Dark Souls is, is a tactical one-on-one <laughs> combat game. I'm joking. Was, that was that was a Dark Souls joke. But oh, okay. Sorry, that, that was a joke. Sorry, it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. I was complimenting it. I, it's it's Dark Souls is like bordering on a um, Dark Souls is a Dark Souls game, <laughs> but it's like so it's, it's its own genre. Yeah. It's its own genre. But I'm um, just it, true it, because it, it's inspired many, many sequels of its own. Of its own right. If it were the Matrix, you'd have to get multiple programs jacked into your head to be able to do it. <laughs> like that's how I see it because I can't even. You know, I couldn't get through an hour of Bloodborne before I fucking kicked my ass. <laughs> Hey, you were doing all right. I was watching that stream. I was doing all right. And honestly, after The Witcher and some of these more janky systems I, I, where you have to do, do be more patient I, and more blocks like and stuff. I feel like if you made it to the boss, you would have... Mm-hmm. And, and if you've beaten the boss, I feel like you would have wanted to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so, okay. Switch. So that's that. Okay, so let's get to the Switch. Okay. <sighs> I'm just I'm just gonna go mute. I'm not you gonna go. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna listen at least? Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. I'm just gonna like I don't know, do some math homework in the background. No, no, no. I want you to listen. I'm not dissing it. I just want you to listen. No, no, no. I, I, I no, no, no. I want to hear you spill your look, guts about how good it is because you were wrong. Look, Ethan. What are my two? What are my my three favorite franchises on on the DS and the 3DS? The ones I talk about the most. Uh, two are two are fran- we talked about we talk about Fire Emblem and then there's an RPG franchise that you know I love and then there's a single RPG that I talk about all the time. Radiant Historia and mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger. No, uh, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, close enough. And what those games all have in common is turn-based combat. And to me, the Switch is exactly between a full console and the 3ds especially xenoblade which my dude does not look great even on a normal television i gotta say it does not not. but and the combat's weird i have way too much inventory it really i can see why it it got passed over but man it got seven and a halfs and eights and stuff because the first six to eight hours is so gripping and the story is great. And then they just dump too much JRPG nonsense on you that I'm like, eh, I'd rather give Zelda another shot or go to I am Satsuna, honestly. And by the way, the most, the most recent tales of game tales of, uh, Viseria or whatever it's called. 
Mm-hmm. Is right up there with FIFA, Black Ops, uh, Resident Evil, um, uh, Red Dead Redemption, and so forth in terms of overall bestsellers. A lot of Switch games, by the way, in the top 10 and top 20 bestsellers. I mean, I thought I was looking at a Switch list at first, and I realized there was a few that weren't. So Xenoblade is a hot mess. The, the, I... <sighs> I, I'm, I kind of want to keep trying, but you might need to lend me your Switch indefinitely unless I make a major breakthrough. Maybe you can... Give no, me no, I, and th- that's what I keep telling you is once you get past Chapter 3, just that that's the breakthrough. Chapter 3 is yeah. the breakthrough. Yeah. But well, the, the, here's no, there's, the thing. There's, there's here's my problem. Yeah. And it's, it's, it opens up, but it's it still gives you... Right. It still trip-freeds trip it to you. I don't like timed turn-based combat. The, the new Final Fantasy model. I know okay. technically Chrono Trigger and games like that are, have a real-time component, but if, you, if you, you can turn it to slow, and if you have any you know, normal reflexes, it's basically turn-based, and you know what you're doing. Um, and that's why some of the more modern Final Fantasy games, uh, I, I can live with it. Um, to just simulate a little bit of speed with Dragon Quest, you can literally just sit there, you know, or Fire Emblem, you know, just literally just sit there. I find that relaxing, but I'm getting to the point, man, even as an old man, that I would rather just fucking murder people gloriously in The Witcher, Horizon, and Assassin's Creed, or do tactical combat either in an RPG form or in the Fire Emblem form than this middle ground. And I, I find that it's, like, pretty to watch Xenoblade combat, but I'm not really sure what's going on with the blades and who's actually fighting and, like, where the statistics coming from and how am I getting healed. And I don't it's, even know I'm doing it, combos. It is, it's madness. It's total it is madness. very, very overwhelming the first couple hours you're playing that game. And then once you figure it out, it just clicks together. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to run it through with you at some point. Yeah, I just want to move through it quicker. I'm happy with the systems. I'm just not. Again, I, I when, think when, I'm, when I'm I, disoriented the by the screens, you know, because it's it, again it, it's designed to also function as a console. But so on the small screen, which I like playing it on the small screen, it can sometimes be disorienting with the maps and stuff like that. So you can give me a tutorial. So uh, when I want to come over and give you the controller. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So the Switch as a device in general, I give very good marks. Um, I do agree that, uh, I mean, I've only held the the PS um, Vita before, um, but I think it's more aerodynamic. And I think, man, you back me up on this. They make the controllers a little bigger and the screen a little bit lighter, right, for the the next version to just kind of balance out the weight form a little bit. It's not a huge deal. It's like a 20% adjustment, I would say. Yeah, I think... I, I think now that Nintendo knows it's a success, mm-hmm. just like with the the new 3DS, I think they'll make some yep. power upgrades. Yep. They'll make some big upgrades to it, so it's it's a little bigger, or just the screen itself is bigger because there's some pretty big bezels in that screen right there. Yep. Um, they might go glass over plastic. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you, you've been pushing for that, right? Eh, I mean, maybe. Listen, listen. Uh, it's a true, it's a double sided coin, right? Like if you put glass in it, well, let's get back. Let's get back to that. Hold on, hold on. You, you shatter I, that glass. I, we'll get back. Yeah, we'll get back to that. that. that that's yeah. a pretty. That's a pretty I trust big Nintendo issue. to do the right thing most, mostly. Right. And you know what? Right. They'll replace your unit if it doesn't work. So God bless them. So okay. Right. 
Dude, I like the Joy-Cons. Now, keep in mind, I completely missed the Wii and Wii U thing with, with two separate things. And, and, so, you have, and you have bigger hands than me. I have small hands. I have big have palms, but small fingers. Okay, well, anyways, the point being, I like the freedom of kind of walking around my living room holding the controllers in my hands, um, especially an exploratory game like Zelda, where you, where you don't really have to fight that much if you don't want to, at least early on, which is great. Here's the problem with Zelda, man, is the waypoint system is so nebulous and ambiguous Combined with bad topographic maps, I know they want you to explore, but with the speed that he quote-unquote runs and quote-unquote climbs and quote-unquote glides, it just takes forever when you don't get the area right, you know? It's like in Assassin's Creed and Horizon, I know it's unrealistic, which are with your horse, you can just sprint 300 meters back to, you know, somewhere else. And dude, this gets frustrating in The Witcher sometimes. Like in the Viking area, there's these huge mountains, you have no idea how to get around them it'd be very frustrating going kilometers at a time so this isn't just zelda but it, it is frustrating in the early game now i i did beat the big main temples i got the paraglider and now i'm in my first temple outside the sort of intro but i've got three quarters of a heart left like i don't even know if, if i solve this thing you know and and i honestly man the puzzly temples it that's not up the bizzles Alley. It's like with board games, some people really like uh, like uh, very um, uh, abstract, puzzly games and are great at them. I am not. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll get better, and I like the intro ones, but like with three quarters health and, and you know no food to eat, it's hard for me to concentrate on beating one of a thousand temples when I could just die the second I walk out of it. And then how far do I have to go back? So it's frustrating, man. I'm, again, I don't want to say it's not my type of game, but I will say that I have never been good at a Zelda game and I've never beaten a Zelda game ever since I was a little kid, even though I have fond memories of watching and playing The Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past. Nevertheless, I, I've never been good at the sort of adventure, um, you know, RPG action hybrid that is Zelda. I respect it. I love the aesthetic. As I've told you, I think Genlock, especially with the faces, it, it's very Zelda-esque. Um, I mean, maybe are there similar animation styles? I don't know, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. It was kind of weird, especially the Scottish girl uh, who's voiced by Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones who plays Arya Stark who plays the scottish girl in genlock her she looks like a female uh um link and she's got the little you know ear things and the green and everything um but um yeah dude i don't really have a a review or an opinion I, i just i can't get comfortable between the handheld and the tv and i think i just my old ass almost 40 year old brain is just having trouble dealing with this advanced technology and you know i'll either get used to it or i won't and it's not it's not a statement on the technology or the game i know breath of the wild is ingenious game design i can already tell and i like playing it on my tv with the two controllers i just died too quickly in which there was a little bit more of an ease in and ramp up in the game but again you'll probably tell me that once i get past x y and z it gets a little easier yeah, so just just a quick comment on the on the uh, on the t- on the, the beautiful animation the, 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 the by the way. Beautiful animation, yeah. Top tier cell shading, um, but for for the shrines, which are the mini temples, um, hundred and twenty. For me, 
for me personally as a huge portal and portal two nut yeah right uh-huh like that is my jam yep like like that like i i like you get it short, your brain works that way yeah. first puzzle where you have to do things in a quick succession but it's also open to interpretation within the physics of the world yep that is like, like that. Mm-hmm. That that is something I crave for and enjoy, and why I love those temples so much. And this so is that, what I would have done. This is what I would have done. If you if you beat a temple, you get full health. You do. Oh, you do. You do. So if I beat this temple, and, I get full and, health, and, and you get and you get teleported to the top, and uh, it saves the game while you're in the loading screen. I think. Okay. Or the, or that's or that's the setting that you have to set. There okay. should be an option for the settings, I think. Yeah, like one thing I love is in at the very, some at the very, at the very least you can pause yeah. immediately and save. And so, in some of the older Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games, like as like the SNES days, um, uh, they were extremely insanely hard. Like I, I don't know if you've tried to play Final Fantasy IV Remastered on the DS. It's like it's insane. No, you haven't because you played Final Fantasy, but. Point being, the one thing they would do is if you leveled up mid-battle or at the end of a battle, you'd get your health restored to the new hit point total, which I thought was cool in a hard game, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I always prefer. I'd rather the game take me to the brink and like constantly almost die rather than just die, 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 die. Because eventually, the, the human brain just tires of that. Um I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's excessive dying in Zelda, but there is excessive uh, anxiety about about dying. And so, you know, I, it shouldn't have taken me four hours or whatever to finish that whole first section. Maybe now I'll do this temple and there'll be a little bit more smooth sailing. You'll come over. You'll give me a little um, advice. But but do you understand what I'm saying? about? And I haven't played the Pro Controller, but dude, both games, even Zelda, especially Xenoblade, but even Zelda, you can tell, doesn't look, you know, totally super, super, super HD on the big screen. I don't have the best television either. I mean, it looks pretty good. Xenoblade really looks like PS3, early PS3. Um, And and personally, as someone who went through the effort of emulating the game on my computer in 4K 60 frames, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me tell you, (laughs) if... If I could, if if I could make the, if I could play through the game on my Switch in, at that quality, mm-hmm. I would probably break down in tears, right? Like it, it is so beautiful. Sure, it is such a beautiful and pretty game when it looks like that. It is just such a shame that the Switch doesn't run it at at sixty frames. Sure. And so, and so, I totally get it. Like the the hardware quality. I don't care about like, the sixty frames, but the the lack of full ten eighty p is totally noticeable. The, the the sixty frames needs to come first, then ten eighty p, and really both needs to come. I guess that just, and, doesn't bother me with Horizon the, or God of War. In the next three years, they need to release a Switch unit that can run ten eighty p sixty frame Zelda Breath of the Wild or equivalent Zelda game. Like, I, I think they need to give a unit where when you plug it in, it can go from 1080 portable to 4K TV. That's what they need to do. They need to have a CPU, an additional CPU yeah. and GPU in the attachment unit. That's going to cost so much money. Well, whatever. People have played for the Pro and the Xbox One. I, I don't... Listen, Nintendo's the weird... I'm not saying to apps. replace it. I'm saying to supplement it. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, the Switch I, Pro, you don't think would sell I, well? Come on. Listen. I'm listening. I concur with you 
that they are going to make a Switch Pro. I concur with you that they're going to make it more powerful. I concur with you that it's going to be 1080p. What I don't concur with is that it's going to be anywhere near 4K. And what I don't concur with is that they're going to want to sell us a $500 to $600 device. Yep. Nintendo well, has never done that, and they probably never will. Yeah, and dude, to be honest, the PlayStation is the perfect place to look to support the argument you just made, which is... exactly. Even people like like Jason Schreier, you know, and, and major reviewers, as we've talked about, have said they have not bothered with the PS4 Pro, and they can't even really tell that much of a difference between when you see how beautiful Horizon and God of War are um, on, on on the PS4 relative to what it is in the Pro. Not you know, it's right. It, it, it is all about. It, it really is all about like. Unless you have a 4K monitor or TV. And, well, which and, or, most or, people or, of my unless, generation unless you, have, Ethan. Only, you have to understand. Unless you only play Sony games and you have money to spend. Right, but what I'm saying is you have to realize my generation, people in their mid-30s, not me, you know, who's freelance my entire life, but people who are like married and settled down and have steady jobs and money and stuff have 4K TVs. They may no, not be 80-inch TVs, but, like, most people I know from school in the old days, like, ha- probably have a 4K TV at this point. Okay, so 30% of PlayStation owners yeah. have the ability to purchase a PS4 Pro. Yeah. Does that mean that they are want to do so? It doesn't matter because it's all about games with Sony. So that's it, it's it's again it's right. the same argument again, just from a different angle. It doesn't matter if you have a pro or not because it's all about the game. Name of the game, the game, Ethan. Right, right. right. And listen, I'm we, that's what we should call like, our podcast. By the way, it's just name of the game. Anyways, go ahead. It it, it I I I, th- I think the issue, and I'm I'm all for like enthusiast hardware stuff, right? As a PC guy. <laughs> I am all for offering someone the enthusiast hardware. Can I just ask you? A but the next, scenario? the next time around, the next time around, for all three, the big for the big three, yeah, and Soldier Boy, they need to. Fi- <laughs> that's a joke. They they need to figure out um, a better option. Mm-hmm. And from the Xbox leaks, it looks like they have. So, but yeah, I think it's we're going to see less of two on one. We're going to see more division separation, release periods, and product between the three i don't think microsoft oh. and sony are going to try and do the same exact thing because that's that been working uh, for microsoft whatsoever that was uh speaking of microsoft this was something i forgot to yes. message you about for stories it's one of my premonitions it came through jesse are you ready for this give it to me xbox live is now heading to the nintendo switch and all mobile devices and pc you know that Nintendo will backstab Microsoft the second it gets the advantage. My Microsoft's point, my desperate is, to do my this. Point, right, that's the point. Phil Spencer is a very smart guy. They're desperate. He is all about he's all about spreading the games out. This is he sort of knows. the reverse opposite he, of the Sony thing back in the day, right? Where they rejected Sony. Yeah. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Here, here, this is the plan, right? That's crazy to think it, it, about, this man. Is, this wow. is the play. This is the play. Mm-hmm. They are going to push the Xbox into an enthusiast console type. 
Yeah. Where the people who like buying Xboxes, like playing Xboxes, mm-hmm. right, which is, what, 20, 25% of the market at most. Mm-hmm. They're going to offer a powerful console to sell to those people who they know will buy, uh, buy into it, mm-hmm. right? They will get that console, but then they are going to offer their games yep. everywhere because mm-hmm. once again, the name of the game is the game yep. and they are going to sell games. And that's why they are moving their exclusives mm-hmm. to the PC and everywhere else they can fit them. Mm-hmm. And this is such a smart move because Microsoft will stay in the games business for the rest of time now. So long as they yeah. keep putting out good IPs of their exclusives mm-hmm. and keep acquiring new studios, mm-hmm. which it looks like, which is the plan, they will, they're going to stay in the games business for all time. Maybe not the console business, but at least this way, mm-hmm. they are not worried about pushing out all of these Xbox units that they made because the Xbox 360 did well. Now they're worried about making money off of their units, off of their game units. Mm-hmm. So that that's huge. That's huge. So last time we talked, I said that as much as I love Sony and what they've done, in some ways I bet more on Microsoft and Nintendo because Microsoft's got the PC market and Nintendo's you know got their own thing with the portable or semi-portable. But dude, I gotta say, the more I play the Switch... I'm not convinced it's a console. I think it's just an extremely advanced 3DS without the 3D that has a great processor and a great screen, and you can plug into a TV like anything with an HDMI cord. But I'm not, I'm not sold. There is nothing in the two or three games I've played, at least, that, that matches the, you know, the glory of God of War or Horizon in, in terms of graphics um, no. production. And I'm not saying they're not making great games at Nintendo, man, but I still think Nintendo needs to corner the portable market one way or the other hybrid or not going forward they need to continue to get the 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 the, the portable market locked up because that's where they've made almost all of their money in the last 20 years essentially. I, I, I mean i mean they have i mean the psp is a was a failure so but what i'm saying is if they engineered a slightly more comfortable and ergonomic and user friendly physical design of the switch which maybe will be the next one there may not be a need if you put a five and a half inch six inch you know iphone type screen on there with better controls but super lightweight um and a little bit longer battery there's literally no reason to plug it in because like what the only reason i do is because my neck starts hurting me or my back starts hurting me or whatever um <laughs> right i mean i think with next gen technology so forget about the extra gpu and cpu i was talking about just fuck that but put all your money into the apple thing which is thinner lighter more power right thing we always compare nintendo to apple they might as well just go all the way with it i think well, I compare Apple to Nintendo and the fact that they like to keep their stuff uniform and separate from other. Uh, well, in that category, trend, Nintendo in, in has trends, strayed but, and Apple has stayed. Yeah, uh, but I think I think uh, all right. I think I think Nintendo is going to. I, I think Nintendo is going to make a functional tool but better, just like they did with the 3DS. Because the 3DS was their design goal as a functional tool. Yep. It succeeded well, and they they built on top of what people liked and made it better. 
And so I think we will see the same thing with the Switch and nothing more. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be thinner. I don't think I it's could see there be... being an attachment though to to make it like an optional 3DS design with a second screen that you put on. I could totally see that because the information again, this is me being a strategy RPG nerd, but the two screens for those type those genres are awesome. Like I want, I haven't seen I Mario Rabbids to see how they deal with it. I don't see that to be honest. Okay, with you. all right, don't. all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's let's move on, dude, because we've got some more topics I want to ask you about. Um, so the bottom line is, again, it's not an up, it's not a thumbs up or thumbs down about the Switch. It's just I haven't vibed with it. And again, with my PS3, the first the game that came with it was Uncharted Three. I hadn't played video games in like ten years. That's an exaggeration, six or seven years. I hadn't played any video games. I got a late uh, edition PS3 Slim on sale with uncharted three and i played the shit out of that game and it got me totally back in and horizon did the same thing with the ps4 i haven't had that experience yet with the switch which doesn't mean i i haven't but i want to stress again man i love the portable side of it i've definitely i think i've played well i haven't played any xenoblade on tv and i played by far maybe 70 80 percent of zelda portable as well and if i just could be a little bit more comfortable there are ways like i have a chair where i can like rest my elbows you know but again my head's kind of looking down that's like another thing you know um i think with a slightly bigger screen you also could put it on a stand and take you know and take the joy cons i've tried to do that a couple times you know what i'm saying um Mm -hmm. like like i'll like i'll be standing in like uh you know like in uh, not, not my kitchen, but like my little island, and I put it on my iPad stand, and I take the Joy Cons and just stand up and do it that way. That's that's right. great. That's actually healthier than sitting down for other consoles. So there are lots of advantages which they haven't even fully exploited yet. I think, and if this is the first design that they put forward, I know they work on this forever. It's still extremely impressive. And again, the bubbly primary color over the topness of Mario and Nintendo, it's just not my thing. And so I, I have trouble with it. I tried to boot up Pokemon and uh, Smash just to, I couldn't even get through the menus. I was like, nope, nope, mm mm, mm mm, nope, back, back, back out. Beep, beep, beep. Not my thing. Not That's my thing. That's fine. But I could There's justify a, it on a DS. I could justify it on a DS and 3DS. I can't justify it on a Switch yet. There's a uh, there's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow, mm-hmm. so we'll be finding out okay. a lot of information for what's coming this year. All right. So, so we have a couple. We have a cu- one or two more quick things, and then we should end on the Activision layoffs because I have a rant, my friend, about the Activision layoffs. Yeah. Let me uh, let me talk about Rage Two real fast. And then, uh, what was that? Okay, other thing well, we before you talk about Rage 2, can I just read the top selling titles over the last uh, week or two or three? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, New Super Mario Bros. Uh, Deluxe. Um, nope. So let's. So I'm going to name the game, and you name the system or system, so we get an idea of which exclusives are doing well. That's obviously Nintendo. Switch. Yeah, Switch. Remake of Wii U. FIFA 19, everything. Everything. Three Red Dead Redemption Two, everything Xbox and or PlayStation PS. Four, uh, Black Ops Four, everything besides Switch and mobile, uh, Super Smash. Actually, no, it's on mobile. Switch only. Mario Kart. Switch only. Battlefield. Everything but Switch and Cra- mobile. Crash Bandicoot. PlayStation. 
PlayStation. Yeah, I, there, there's, PlayStation. One, there's one coming out. There, there's one coming out for Switch at some point. Traditionally, that's a PlayStation. That's a Sony title, though. It, yeah. At the moment, it's only yeah. PlayStation. Uh, Forza, whatever. Uh, Tales of Vesperia is ten. So I can't believe that. Yep. Um, Tales is on all the systems, right? Everything except mobile. Uh, Pokemon. Switch only. Spyro, I believe, is just PlayStation, only or do they Sony, expand it? Only Sony. No, 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 no Switch announcement yet. Right. Which is funny that there's this like a nostalgia for the PlayStation One poly, uh, uh, Polygon games, which look horrible. By the way, by the way, PlayStation Classic is four dollars at Walmart right now, which is six dollars off. So waste of money. Um, I know. Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey. Um, which everything my understanding was that black flag and origins was better than odyssey but odyssey has a long tail where people are seeming to enjoy it i don't know um i'm not gonna comment because i haven't played all right we're just gonna get through the top 20 super mario party obviously nintendo Fortnite. we're gonna talk about this in a second fallout absolutely everything (laughs) fallout 76 which we're also gonna talk about in a second nothing because you shouldn't buy it (laughs) uh just cause 4 dude i love watching other people play just cause 4 like everybody loves watching just cause it's so insane Uh, you know it's just find like the most insane and out of their brains if if you want if you wanted to find a game that's the name of the game is the game you Mm -hmm. would just pick just cause 2 to 4 every single time now dude that's all it is what dude get 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 your panties ready for this one number 20 spider-man number 18 legend of zelda breath of the wild baby still at 18 woo it's it's over two years it's almost two years old and it is still in the top like 50 million like everybody has it like two copies of it everybody who got one for christmas has been buying zelda after smash that's what that's why i know it's crazy it's crazy so okay dude okay uh we got to get to activision so drops drop some quick any quick topics you want yeah i mean so uh update update with rage 2 um it's being produced by id software great awesome fantastic but it is published by Bethesda. We just obviously had this deal with Fallout 76. And part of the marketing, which was released the other day, shows that if you buy the special edition, you get uh, you get XP boosters, just like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So that, that's a big red flag. But you also get cheat codes. The things you would go to the back of you'd go to look in the box for or find or secretly find out online actually that's way less egregious play around with that's less egregious than the first thing because that that, just, that has nostalgia factor and you can ignore it but when they dump all this free shit on you you can't it, it's 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 just how many more things are well, they going it's like to assassin's creed literally even black flag was like pay 12.99 for the game or 15.99 will give you an extra level i'm like are you fucking kidding me Right, it, it, right, and and it's one thing to sell you DLC with content made after the game has been released. Are that's you one fucking? Thing. No, we're gonna get to this. So uh, go that, ahead with your that, stories. That, that's one thing. Yeah, but to to take things that were once this idea of nostalgia, to take these things that used to be gamer secrets that communities would find and you would have to actively seek out to find but, and enjoy but, and then start to take them and sell them. But do you understand not, why I'm saying why cheat codes are actually less egregious? Because it's up to you to just have self-restraint, whereas if they just force costumes and weapons on you before you even start, you, like half the people probably don't even no, 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 re- no, no. realize I, what they're paying for. I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. 
Yeah. But th- that's been a point of contention for years. Yeah. This being a tack on top of it, it's like, sure. what's uh, really cheat codes now? This is what we're selling? Cheat codes. Yeah. We're selling costumes, guns, levels, okay. DLC, XP boosters, but now cheat codes. Really, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. Really? And so it, it, this has nothing to do with the game. This mm-hmm. just has everything to do with Bethesda. And th- th- this is just an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. When EA is surging because they gave a no marketing release of a free game right. and their stocks are rising after a terrible press conference about Battlefield 5. But EA, EA plays it, the stocks. It's not sustainable. It'll crash at some point. They're just going to try and... Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. When they, when they released a brilliant game that is super fun, that is free to play... What are you right? talking about? Apex Legends. Oh, okay. When when they released this awesome game, yeah, I don't know how you haven't heard of it. It's literally been the top thing on Twitch for the past week. Is it a MOBA? <laughs> no, it's Battle Royale. Oh, even better. Ignore this old man who doesn't like multiplayer <laughs> games. Well, this old man who doesn't like multiplayer games is right because my fear has led because to the firing of 800 employees at Activision specifically because they focus too much on multiplayer, not enough on single player. And so people aren't buying their games. Just like I said, guess who's not firing? Guess who's hiring? Sony's hiring. Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog's hiring. Activision's firing. Hmm. Nope. nope can't be, can't be any, uh, so, so can't let, be coincidence. Let, let's get into the Activision thing for a second. And it's, it's not because of the games they're selling. And we know this because they had the highest gross earnings this year that they've ever had as a company history. That doesn't and matter. Amazon has had high gross earnings forever, but didn't and, turn a profit for like 30 years. And yet they're laying off 775 employees. This is they can see in, the fall. They can see the fall. This is insane. Well, then they shouldn't have done it. Oh, shouldn't they? Like, right? So... I just want to point out the Washington Post coverage of this points to their two popular games being Call of Duty and Candy Crush. Enough said. Yeah, and? A bullshit mobile game and a once great franchise that has not been great in at least 10 years. In your opinion, because you do not like multiplayer games. I'm just talking about selling units. You can get free. Dude, this is the problem. There's all these free online things like Fortnite and um, and so forth that, that are running everyone out of business. But you're still they're still selling 10 million copies of Uncharted. They're still selling 10 million copies of God of War. They're still selling probably 20 plus million of Red Dead Redemption. Right. I mean, it's it's obvious where the sell, the sales are in single player they- games. They made over 500 mil in the first three days. Even it Fortnite's is, more complicated modules you have listen, to pay for. Listen, listen, listen. This is, this is an issue not with the games that they're making, not with the employees that work for them, mm-hmm. not with this or that or whatever. This is specifically an issue with both companies, EA and Activision, and 2K, but 2K gets a not nowhere near as much press as the other two. These two companies, they specifically... Well, no one has any expectations for 2K, so they get away with it, yeah. It's because they haven't forced Gearbox to release Borderlands 3 yet. Um, And their sports games are better than EA's. 
they 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 have been following this growth of the gaming industry mm-hmm. and it is finally catching up to them to the point where they are now being forced to be humble because they but have what's catching pushing, up to them you're talking out of both sides of your mouth man what's catching up to them what's catching up to them is lack of compelling game design and things that you can get for free i can pay a million dollars for black ops gold or i can just play fortnite that's the problem. That's exactly the problem. That, that is part of it. Yes, it is. Because when a Modern Warfare right. game dropped, people were excited for multiplayer, but people were really excited for that 10 to 12 hour campaign with Idris Elba and all sorts of famous people doing voice acting and incredible campaigns. I know I Jesse, keep harping on this, but Jesse, you just see it in the money of Sony. Sony's not firing people. Jesse, Jesse, they made the same amount of relative money that they did on this Call of Duty as they have in this... Okay, so All why they the fire past- everyone? So tell me, tell me why they fired eight hundred people? Just, just like you said earlier, because they're seeing the writing on the wall and they're not going to be able to sustain the amount of money they're making. So why isn't this- Sony and Nintendo firing people? Because Sony and Nintendo aren't hiring a billion people mm-hmm. every year. <laughs> this is the death of Blizzard. Um, I don't know if it's the death of Activision, but death in terms of Blizzard being the like most powerful indie that can fight hand to hand with the big trip. Triple A uh, developers. Um, sorry, I can't do a good Jim Sterling, but it's just so funny. Triple A. <laughs> Triple A. Um, but StarCraft 2, uh, you can tell the quality went down. Warcraft, um, uh, World of Warcraft has just become uh, you know an addiction management thing, essentially. Diablo um, Immortal. And this is why, dude, they need Warcraft 3 to be old-school awesome Blizzard. It needs to be half RPG, half tactics-level real-time strategy. Because the StarCraft model is too old, and World of Warcraft is boring, but they can tap into the good lore of that and tell a great story with great voice actors. Like I've been saying and sell a single player mode that then leads into multiplayer. That's what you want. That's what you want. If Warcraft three is just a multiplayer module, then I won't buy it. And most there'll be a ton of, there's a reason they released, you know, 90 hour campaigns for Starcraft two, even though they knew most of it was going to be in multiplayer mode in terms of like the national stage, man, they still tried to make three good campaigns and God bless them for it. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. If black ops four man had just had 10 to 12 hours of pretty good call of duty campaign, I would drop my money on the table. I would do it. And unfortunately, most people do not buy Call of Duty for the campaign anymore, and it still makes the same amount of money, Jesse. So that you cannot single that out as being the reason. No, that's that. that I mean, look. <laughs> Again, looking at the weekly video game charts, I can't, you know, argue the specifics because Black Ops 4 uh, was number three last week. Uh, this is a couple weeks old, but they basically were number between one and ten for a w- number of weeks. But apparently the, the, the development costs are too high or as Activision spread too thin. I mean, where is there other places siphoning money off of this that that's not Call of Duty? So part of it, part of it is them over promising for their shareholders. That's 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 a ton of it. Both of these companies is them over promising, mm-hmm. as Jim, Jim Sterling says, all of the money. And that's a terrible voice. <laughs> They're pulling a no, um, a no man's sky on an epic level. <laughs> 
they're, they're doing wrong a no anal- man's sky analogy. with stock prices which is really yes. scary yes yes there you go there we go um uh, and, and and so and, and so yeah. it's just not it, it is not sustainable you're right it's not sustainable right. and so they're gonna shrink can you at least they, acknowledge that, 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 that and, the, and the, EA the, made the first move EA made the first move which is they released the game mm-hmm. out of nowhere Yep. With no marketing, mm-hmm. and it's free to play, and they can involve all of the microtransaction schemes they want in that game because it's free to play, and it's you're not paying for power. Okay. And no one has a problem with it, and everybody loves it. I just want to stress: if EA releases every mm-hmm. game like they did Apex Legends, mm-hmm. or at least in a similar fashion. If they drop mm-hmm. the if they drop the Origin Access Premiere, I just want to stress. They drop this egregious microtransaction stuff. Mm-hmm. EA will turn themselves around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would you consider Battlefield more a multiplayer game or more a single player game? Five? Yeah. Multiplayer. Okay. So, of the top 20 that I read, Battlefield at 7, um, Fortnite at 15, Fallout at 16... My dude, in Black Ops F4, that is it for multiplayer heavy or only games. Everything else is mostly Nintendo and Sony, again, and single player, again, which I know you love because I have your entire fucking Switch collection or some of it here, and it's all great single player you games. You have the greatest hits. You have both of you have the greatest hits. But it's all single player. Yeah, you have the greatest hits. But specifically as a Nintendo fan, you must appreciate the single player experience because they're not, I mean, they're into side by side multiplayer, but not, right. I mean, yeah. And the three and the four, the, 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 I can name the good co-op multiplayer games on my hand mm-hmm. <laughs> from Nintendo. Literally on one hand, Mario Kart Splatoon, Mario Brothers, the side scroller one that just released and uh, what's uh, Smash Brothers. Yep. Literally. It just those five. Yep. That's it. That's it. Because those games are fun. They are the embodiment of fun. Mm-hmm. And there is there is no issue with with releasing a multiplayer shooter in this day and age, right? That I, like 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 you're, you're going into a very oversaturated market. But what caught into costs of those games a lot? You bet. Which and you mentioned earlier was absolutely Fortnite absolutely fortnite made epic games made so much money this year fortnite was is the destruction of quality gameplay across media that we knew was coming for a long time that was gonna play on the highest consoles to the lowest you know phone or tablet right like we knew this was coming this I disagree with your statement in a certain in a in a narrative sense. Well, it's it's like the proletarianization of the, of the product. I'm not saying it's not Fortnite. good, but in order to make a PS play with an iPad, you're gonna have to make certain sacrifices. Fortnite was the and it's boring Fortnite, and ugly. For, for, and, oh my goodness! Fortnite was the was the statement from the gaming world to the rest of the pop culture world. That video games are here, and video games are a pop culture icon. Uh-huh. There has not been another game like that since Minecraft, and that was six, seven years ago now, All right. eight years ago now, All right. right? So, so it, it yeah, it, but Minecraft Fort, is way Fort, more Fortnite, creative than Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite is less of a 
shooter success as it is a social success. That's where Fortnite's uh, that's where Fortnite gets all of its money because it was a it's social. It's still a battle royale, and you know what? Minecraft was all about expansion and building and creativity, and Fortnite's all right. about not that. And Pong, and Pong is simplistic and engaging because it has a specific set of rules and because it's fair and even. Well, Pong is Pong is shit, and and the Space Invaders is bullshit. But you know what game has extremely high strategy is the original Pac-Man? Donkey Kong in 1983, and the. I mean, the people who could beat Donkey Kong on the high levels uh, in, the, in the 1983 version, you know, that launched Nintendo, essentially, that was actually a very high strategy version uh, of video games, even though it doesn't seem like it on the surface. Why are people drawn to certain types of games? Because they are straightforward, they are engaging, Mario. That's and Mario. there's high stakes. Yes, yeah. it's Mario. Mario, Pong, yep. Fortnite. Mm-hmm. All of these games have a known set of rules mm-hmm. that is that you can tune in at any point. You can just turn and see it on screen and understand, get a glimpse of understanding of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You don't need, you didn't need to be there at the beginning. Okay. You didn't need to just be there at the end. Mm-hmm. You can understand what's going on on the screen mm-hmm. just by looking at it. All right. I have a few PC questions to round this out, and then we'll do final thoughts and sign out for now because we... we we're, we're, getting, we're getting a little pushed up on time, and we got tons to talk about. We can come back next week or whenever. Does that sound okay? Yep. So for some reason, The Sims 4 has like 10 of the top 20 PC slots. I didn't even realize this was still a thing. Thoughts? Do, 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 I, need to, do, do, do I really need to say that EA makes their is money sex? by tricking... Is it sex? Is it, is it, is it people... Probably. Is people having sexy sex? Sexy time? Probably. Sexy Probably. time? Okay. Who knows? So, e- so probably e- farming e- simulator at number three also involves sexy time. No, between cheap. Unless you count the unless you count farming tools going over uh, wheat and grinding it into its hay barrel. Do you have uh, any idea what the number one selling PC game of the first week of February is? Publisher is Sega and is a sports game. Do you have any clue? Oh my god. Uh Knuckles the Football baseball Manager company. 2019, which is a the opposite of FIFA uh, where it's a strategy game where you're at the GM owner position managing a football team, which means sense. the rest of the world. That makes sense. So FIFA is selling great on consoles as always because people love soccer, but on the computer, again, you play the higher level versions of things. Some things never change, man. When I was a kid, the PCs was for the brainiacs and the consoles was for the, you know, button pushing junkies or whatever. And you do both and I do both, right? I mean, there's a place for both. I feel bad for people who don't at least have access to uh to something like, you know, something like that. Uh StarCraft still selling well, Fortnite Total War Warhammer somehow in the top 20. Fallout 4, Game of the Year, Wolfenstein 2, rounded out by World of Warcraft, Overwatch. Ethan, what has happened to Overwatch? And I have to admit this is contributing to the Activision crash thoughts. Uh, It's Pro League is nowhere as big as they thought it would be. People are slowly losing interest in the game because it's turning... It has a similar culture climate to League of Legends. So is this part of the No Man's Skyification of their stock uh, predictions? That they thought Overwatch would be really printing money at this point, and it's not? I mean, it still is. Oh, no, it's it's still printing money, just not in the same way that uh, 
they would hope it would. Um, Fall, I mean, Fallout 4 and Battlefield, it, or Fallout 76 has, Battlefield both making more money. <laughs> please. Um, no, I'm, uh, it, I'm looking at it right I here. They're making more money. Fallout 76 made more money than Overwatch this year? In the last month, it's much higher in the, in the rankings of, of games per week, yes. Huh. This year, not total. Not oh, total. games sold. No, I guarantee you game Overwatch sold. made game sold. more. Yes. I guarantee you Overwatch made more money but, in microtransactions okay, this me, year than all 76. Okay, but let, me, let, but let me ask you. With StarCraft 2 Battle Chest at 11, uh, Destiny 2 at 15, Total War Warhammer at 16, Fallout 4 17, uh, Wolfenstein 19, World of Warcraft 20. So we ignore all the pervs with the, with the Sims. Everything else is pretty much as we would expect it. Is there anything we can take away from these comparative lists of, of the video game and computer game, or it's just uh, you know a sign of the times and what you have access to and blah 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 blah? Because like Wolfenstein Two being in the top twenty in PC is really interesting to me. In the ninth of February twenty nineteen, it's probably on sale. But that still means there's interest in it, and that's Bethesda, by the way. So they Bethesda, might be losing Bethesda and id when they were making good games before Fallout seventy six. All right, I have I have one or two pointed questions to ask you, and then I'll give you final thought. Does that sound okay? Okay. Okay. Can Bethesda, even though they're making money for Fallout seventy six because of the hype machine and the name of Fallout and the name of Bethesda? Can they recover from what will inevitably be a pretty bad fallout from the mainstream consumer? The, the, these quote-unquote smart consumer or hardcore gamers already know that it's bullshit. But the, when, the, when the main consumers realize they drop $60 on bullshit, can they recover from this and how? Yes, don't make Fallout 76 again and what do make they a to better do? engine than creation. But but they've used this, but like but like Windows they've used the same engine for a thousand years so it, as long as their space game lives up to the hype and it, not even lives up to the hype just as a good game it doesn't use the creation engine I'd rather put my money right? on Destiny honestly I think Destiny's going to be around longer than than their bullshit oh of course it will um. Listen, listen, but seriously. I, I kiss Destiny's Destiny. ass, man, because when Destiny becomes the big thing, I want to be there and you next, me next to you, and you acknowledge that oh, I was there with you bun- from the oh, beginning. Now, now you're a bungee shield. Okay, sure. I'm not a bungee shield, but I've always defended Destiny in every single fucking podcast. I defend Destiny. I defend it. It's beautiful. Uh, it's smooth. It knows what it is. It's a little slower to develop than it should be, and it's a little more expensive than it should be. But as you pointed out, the hours per dollar is like cents on the you know the year. You know how much time you put into it. So I can't even blame it for that. I, it's like Total War Warhammer, man. It's the same thing. You know, it's total guilty pleasure, but there's depth there, and you know what you're getting. Yeah. As long listen. The name of the game is the game. If Bethesda makes a good game, mm-hmm. and part of that equation is ma- you making the game and not the creation engine, not in its current state. Sure. Making making okay. a as long as that game, I forget the name of it, and Elder Scrolls Six is not using the it's current freaking engine that they're it's, trying to it's push. It's going games to. With. It's going to. They're going to lie. As long as they, as long as they rip out the bad guts and put new guts in, no. like they, like every developer does no. or no. Every, every publisher does, right? Happen. 
it's it, it, just like Call of Duty does. It's less to rip out the bad stuff and put new stuff in. Like, like just don't, just, just, just don't. Oh my god, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. Like seventy six, please don't but Ethan, do it. I just don't do it. Let's 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 end it's on the Bethesda. Right. Nintendo debate. did it. Nintendo did it. They can't. Yeah. So you know what Nintendo did right with Metro with the Metro new Metro game. Nope. They came, They made a dedicated three-minute video and was like, hey, guys, so here's the update on the Metroid game since oh, we right. announced it and sure. all this and that. You know, like, we have a difficulty, so we moved directors, and we had basically had to restart the game from scratch. Sorry mm-hmm. for that. It's taking a long time. We just wanted to update you. That's all you have to fucking do. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. That's all, no one like, – like, listen, people will be disappointed – Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely people will be disappointed. Here's the problem, you know, Ethan. Everyone would rather you make a good game yeah. than a bad game. Yes, Everybody. Yeah. There is no person on this planet that would buy a sixty dollar bad game versus waiting three years to buy a sixty dollar good game. There's no person. I'm looking at Anthem Legion of Dawn edition for eighty dollars pre order, and it already has five stars with seven hundred ratings. The beta was pretty good. It already has five stars with 700 ratings. It's not released. They're selling an $80 Legion of Dawn version. This sounds like a this sounds like a Romero. This sounds like a Daikatana thing. I think this is going to crash and burn. Oh, there's no. Uh, from what I understand of the endgame content in comparison, that de- like well, you can't compare it to Destiny because Destiny's five years ahead of Anthem. But from what I understand. Anthem is going to have it. Anthem is going to have a lot to prove. It's going to have a lot to prove. It's going to have a lot to prove. We'll have to, we'll have uh, to see. We'll have I to wish. See. It's in, I so it's wish in, we still had twelve, day, uh, 12 days. I still wish we had days. new episodes of Hey Ash, what you playing during these times? But I suppose as an Emmy Award winning uh, writer producer and the voice of Aloy, she has to be a little bit more political these days. I suppose, but. I would <laughs> the part where did you see the episode where like out of nowhere she just keeps telling Hitler jokes no. to, to throw off her brother? Nope. Anthony, 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 Anthony. What is Hitler? He's telling Hitler jokes, and then she stops, and then he's like explaining some like way too philosophical view on video games or whatever, and then <laughs> then he looks at her and he goes, "What's wrong with you?" And she just goes, "Jews." <laughs> And then they cut straight to the Phantom Mix music. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Oh my God. I miss the YouTube of like the late aughts. Knots? What is it called? 08, 09? Is that the aughts? The knots? What the fuck is that I called? Don't know. I don't know. In, in the early, you know, the early uh, teens or whatever. So, dude, I don't buy Anthem. I don't buy Activision. I don't buy Bungie. I will, except for Destiny. I think Destiny's cool. I, I, you'll have to, you know what? Next time, let's just do a straight up Destiny talk where you explain to me. And the and the listeners a little bit of the history of the whole thing, and Bungie's such an interesting company. Again, I'm biased towards them because I grew up playing their awesome games that were much different, but still awesome and super creative. They've always been great at world building, so I would love to talk about that. So I'm gonna leave Bungie out, but Activision's last bit Blizzard, Ubisoft, despite my addiction to Assassin's Creed, which is just a so-so game. The other games take and make better. Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this was my final question and I'm going to let you finish up with whatever you want, which was, I I know I haven't been able to get through Skyrim and I make fun of it all the time. 
but I have sampled the Elder Scrolls games over the year, and honestly, th- there's nothing that they do from a from me as co- growing up as a hardcore role player. So again, I'm an old man now. Maybe it'd be different. I was younger. But there's nothing that 200 hours in Horizon, Witcher, Zelda, and those games is not way more satisfying on all levels than Skyrim. I think Skyrim, you know, it was the first of its kind. It really pioneered the new size of the open world. But if we look back at it now, even without the bugs, I would argue that Bethesda has been great with coming up with ideas, but horrible with execution. And so that this whole 76 thing is not a fluke, but it, like coming from Fallout 4, which came out from New Vegas and Fallout 3, has been a downward trajectory of ideas not being enough to sustain them that is my final thought you can respond to that and talk about anything else or whatever you want go ahead i think bethesda just needs to not make a bad game and not release a game that's not ready how about that? But even that's people probably, who are addicted to Skyrim, idea. like you don't often hear people say like not, Skyrim's one of my favorite games. I don't not, hear that from people. Not anymore. Probably back in the day. But yeah, but people still say Uncharted not, Two is one of my favorite here, games, here, and that's from two thousand twelve. Here's my point. Okay. Not even EA would release a game yeah. when it is not finished. Yeah, it's called right? Battlefield and Battlefield Two. Go ahead. <laughs> not, that's not, not fair even, the game was finished not, they just loaded it with blue boxes two yeah. was released unfinished and that game obviously everyone hates it like yeah. like like there are games that have done worse things in the gaming world than just than, than, than just um fallout 76 but when it, it doesn't make sense right Bethesda is a relatively good standing company. Like we, we both rated it higher than or on the same level as Ubisoft, but below companies like CD Projekt, Platinum, Take Two, right? Way below. Way below. They're above Activision, but not by a lot. Yeah. But not before 76. Fallout 4, extremely flawed, not that great. As you pointed out, New Vegas is the best thing they've done with the Fallout franchise, and that was John Gonzalez, and not even Ubisoft, or uh, Bethesda. And it it was below, but they're above... I mean, that's damning... That Division. is damning evidence, as we say. That is damning evidence that their best game of their property was not even made by them. It's just frustrating, right, to, to to see this happen, and it's just confusing to see it happen when you expect the product well, to come out. It's hard because you're so young and you're you're very impressionable and you were a kid when this was all starting and so when Skyrim came out you were like 13 and so you, you know it's I, I I I don't blame you being emotional about this. For me the writing's been on the wall the I'm, entire I'm time upset. about all oh, this. No 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 no. So don't so get off my back. So get off my back. I'm just trying to point out the fact which is it's no, just, I was just being openly a condescending old man there that was sure. totally for sure. for laughs. Sure. Sure. <laughs> But like, it, it, it's it's just it's just disappointing, is what it is. More but than you anything. can see what I'm saying. Like when yeah, I was a kid, right. 
And, and Richard Garriott made Ultima 7. It was like the best graphical RPG ever made in the early 90s. And then Ultima 8 sucked. And then that was the end of the Ultima franchise. Like, this happens in every generation with different games all the time. Like, Civilization, we talked about, had to come back from 2 to rehab with 4, start to get really good with 5, even better with 6, right? I mean, this constantly happens with games. The difference is it, it's usually just creative hits and misses, whereas, again, I'm fill in the blank with the companies you don't like i'm not going to say it anymore with whatever eas of the world it's just dollars and they look so hard at the dollars that they can't see that it's not that hard of an equation just look at uncharted and red dead redemption tell a great story if you want to throw in multiplayer great tell a great story people will buy your games it's not so complicated ethan it's not so complicated. Precisely my point. Precisely my point. And even a game like Destiny 2, here I'm going to kiss Destiny 2 ass again, even Destiny 2, would you play by far mostly multiplayer, it has PV, its great... It's all PV, PV. P- fine, PV. It has such great world building that while it's not technically a single player game, it has it, it it scratches that itch a little bit, right? Of the of the world building, world exploration thing, right? It's not yeah. just it has a Call of Duty four, multiplayer, bum, has, bum, 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 or a Fortnite, bum, 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 bum. you build. There's progression. There's play. building. There's progression. Right? There's evolution. I mean, there's there's a lot going on that's not in these other games. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you got final thought, buddy. Whatever you want. Apex Legends is great. I love it. I've been grinding the hell out of it for a week. Oh, so you give I your give your pitch really... for, for it. Yeah. So you know, so you know the Titanfall movement catch, right? By the way, I know I was trashing Titanfall, but after watching Genlock, I think I'm going to put Titanfall two back on my PlayStation. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember, do you remember the movement mechanics for Titanfall? By the oh, way, guys, you know watch like? Genlock. It is watch fucking Genlock. great. And have patience watch with it, people. This is exactly how the Ghost in the Shell show went. It was a spectacular first episode. Now they're doing team building stuff for the next few. Trust me, they have a major plot thread coming in Genlock. No spoilers, but be patient. The The Ghost in the Shell series, usually not till episode 5, 6, or 7 of the 20, did the major plot line start happening. And they're already building it here with like all the different um, the mistakes that they're making and stuff. Uh, do, do you agree that they're doing a great job with it so far and then we'll move yeah. on yeah okay yeah. go ahead yeah um do you remember the titan rooster teeth.com what what's that do you remember the Titanfall movement mechanics yeah no i'm actually excited i'm, I'm excited to do it i don't know yeah. why i so, wasn't so into they, it they, they they basically cut out the double jumping they cut out the wall running oh that was they, it it was the wall running i couldn't get that this seemed they, weird for mechs they yeah. kept the sliding though the sliding's the slide, cool like genlock they do the sliding right and so, oh, and oh, and he does the jump kick. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The action is fast paced. So good. The shooting, the shooting mechanics are fantastic. No, let's talk. Let's talk about Genlock. I want to end on a happy topic. And the and the, 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 move, the movement and great. Ethan, and Ethan. It, it, let me finish. Let me oh, finish. No, sorry. I'm just excited to talk to you about this. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, and and it, the, the movement's great. And so I can see why it has doubled the Fortnite viewership right now. Right. 450 million people watching it on mm-hmm. Twitch or 1,000 people mm-hmm. watching it on Twitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to be sustainable. There's no way 25 million players are going to keep playing this game mm-hmm. over the next month. Mm-hmm. But if EA plays this right, this is going to be EA's number one title. All right, fuck EA. At, okay. the, at the end of the year. All right, final, final topic, Genlock, roosterteeth.com. 
Executive producer Michael B. Jordan, starring Michael B. Jordan, Dakota Fanning, David fucking Tennant, uh, uh, Maisie Williams, who plays Arya Stark at Game of Thrones, who's awesome, plays the Scottish, like, nerdy chick. Ethan, I grew up with Ghost in the Shell, Cowboy Bebop, um, Neon Genesis, uh, Miyazaki movies, like, the dark, the darker ones, like Princess Mononoke. You grew up with different ones, but you've seen some of the same ones as me. We both love anime, different generations, but we love the genre when it's hitting. Let me make a quick statement about Genlock, and you tell me if I'm right about this. What's great about the series isn't just the action and everything else, blah, 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 blah. It's that they're not running away from any of the tropes of anime. They're just flipping them on their heads, specifically with the characters. Like, all of the characters, you could point to, like, a character in a video game or a TV show that's like, oh, it's like the anime character, but they flip it on its head and make them much more complicated, human, three-dimensional, interesting, unpredictable. Do you agree with this theory at all? I felt like I was watching anime. Yeah. Right, even though it's like Battlestar fucking Galactica mixed with Transformers, Pacific Rim, Ghost in the Shell, and all sorts of Neon Genesis stuff, for right? Me, for, for me, what is the biggest point of contention for people who like anime yes. is the 3D animation that Rooster Teeth employs. And so what I will say about it is it is very, very, very good at times and it gets less at other times, and then it go, it just suddenly spikes back up. It's iffy on its quality, but it's good quality overall. Yeah, see, I disagree, because Ghost in the Shell pioneered this with their show in the early 2000s. I'm just, I'm just talking about the animation. I'm not talking about anything else. No, 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 no. I, I'm also talking about the animation. Okay. I'm saying okay. me and a buddy of mine would get in a fight about this because they would use some 3D environments... And I was like, dude, if you just do 2D, it looks like Disney from the early 90s, <laughs> you know? And the bottom line is all the close-ups of both the fighting and especially the faces and the characters are cel-shaded, hand-drawn. Dude, everything's hand-drawn, man. They're just running it through some 3D environments. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, no. It's I'm, not I'm like well, Pixar I'm where well they're just they're pushing process. pixels, you know what I mean? They're not just pushing I pixels. Am, I'm well aware of their process. Yeah. Now... Uh, as someone who is a big fan of Ruby, which is the anime that kickstarted Rooster Teeth animation, um, one of the one of my biggest issues with Ruby is that at some seasons in the show mm-hmm. they lose some of the soul that what made Ruby Ruby and some of the fighting action, which was done by the original head animator Monty, who had a tragic death and surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's so they kind of lost some direction there with the show, um, and they lost. It, Monty is renowned for his epic action fights for his characters when he's animating them. I'm happy to say that they have retained a lot of that style with Genlock. Um, it, the, the fast action is what's important to me in some a lot of these shows, especially with mechs and with like a character fighting another character if it's not just shooting and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to say it's there, and I really, really enjoy it. If you like fast action, fast fighting action, this is there with that show. Well, I think Gemlock, has a, compared to Ruby, has a little bit of an unfair advantage because they're very, very intentionally going after the people who like 
Voltron, Transformers, Pacific Rim, etc., etc. But oh, I'm, I'm, to I'm me, this is a much more interesting version of that, of large monsters punching large robots. But, you know, th- this this is an old genre in Japan, and they're just doing a new take on it. Right. Where, where right. You know, Ruby w- was doing something very different. Now, now, my immediate number one comparison of this show... And this is this is different than the, the the show that is most like this show. When we were talking about this in text, we were like, "There's so many inspirations for where this came from." The number one inspiration you're going to want to check this out at some point when you can. It's on Netflix. It's out. It's called Al Noah Zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. The plot and not the characters, but the plot is very and and the the way the way the the sh- the, the world is set up mm-hmm. is very similar to Al Noah Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, not 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 point for point, but very similar in their ideas and how things go. Um, and so and they, they actually list that off as one of their inspirations. So you're gonna want to check that out at some point. But if you've seen Aldoa Zero and you like Aldoa Zero, this is much better than Aldoa Zero. First of all, but it's also uh, it's if you like Aldoa Zero, you're gonna like this. I just love the. Fu- I mean, they they're doing the fight choreography like Morpheus fighting Neo in the dojo. Like they're they're doing it like kung fu, even mm-hmm. though they're the giant robot. So to me, right. And when they combine the orchestral, that's where the mocap comes. But in. dude, but they're also doing what Ghost in the Shell did, but doing Michael B. Jordan style. Like like if you watch Michael B. Jordan movies, like Black Panther, the Creed movies, they mix very dramatic orchestral music with hip hop. At moments you're not expecting, and the fact that it's like this very over the top dramatic orchestral music, and then when they're like, "Here comes the beat down" or whatever, it's like the hip hop music drops. I'm like, "Oh man!" And they've got the indie music for the opening theme. I mean, they're they're doing totally the Ghost in the Shell model of like great music from all over the genre. Bruce has always been very good with their music. Do we know who the 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 sound director is? Yeah, I'm looking at the full credits right now. It's not going to be uh, Ludwig Göransson, who is, by the way, doing the music for the John Favreau uh, Star Wars series. He did Creed and Black Panther um, series. Music by David Levy. I don't know who that is. Um, but they're, they're very clearly because because you can hear them talking about what's going on in, in the hip hop lyrics of their original song. So I mean that's a super high level of difficulty. He also did uh, a co- at least two or three dozen episodes of Ruby <clears throat> Sound and Music um, and something called Red vs Blue, which I've never heard before. Um, Red vs Blue is their original their 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 first mm-hmm. animation show mm-hmm. where it's them they're they're. They're they're playing people in Halo, and it's a it's a Halo spinoff okay. uh, show. It's very it's very funny. All right, well, people out there, if you want to have a little bit of smarts to your gaming, in addition to just mashing buttons, there's seventy five percent off XCOM two and seventy percent off Civ six on Steam right now. Both of those games, amazing strategy games. One's very micro in the uh, XCOM 2 tactical squad-based combat and has a sort of horror uh, theme that's both scary and funny. Uh, obviously, Civ has a historical-based theme. Anything else you'd like to recommend to the people before we uh, sign them out here? Uh, yes. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I, I will say, man, I... I, I uh, you know, I, I'm 
I'm not a skeptic. I, I, I'm very specifically with my TV watching and movie watching, try and go with an open mind. And, and when I know there's great talent like Michael B and David Tennant behind something, you know, I, I give it the benefit of the doubt. I got chills uh, during that initial opening battle in the first episode. And then when you find out Michael B. Jordan's still alive, I mean, you know, he still is, but when he comes back at the end, I, I got chills twice and I just wanted to binge the whole series. Even there's only been four episodes. I haven't felt like this about a series in a while. Um, I, I will have to wait for the whole season, but I'm getting Battlestar vibes in terms of like an amazing science fiction, dark, but relatable sci-fi season one. Excuse me. And I would love to see more stories like this other than horizon zero dawn without giving away too many spoilers uh other than horizon zero dawn i don't know a lot of of uh, uh oh i guess cyberpunk will will deal with this right speaking of project rad yeah that's a game we need to talk okay so next time we're going to talk about destiny we're going to talk about uh project red and some other positive stuff going on and not all this bullshit with we got uh we got the direct else. we got the direct tomorrow so i'll plenty i hopefully there's some surprise announcements so i can talk about some cool stuff going on there okay any other quick announcements or are we signing off here uh, not that I can think. Uh, right. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, Broly movie was great. Go watch it. <laughs> um, and uh, again, just to circle back really quick, man, to the Switch. I can't stress enough that I have to give Nintendo so much credit for realizing or at least betting on the fact that the whole like iPad iPhone game revolution was never going to happen. Uh, or at least not yet, uh, and that there was still a place for it sort of advanced portable games. I can't give them enough credit for that. So, you know, God, God bless, honestly. Um, that's, that's a really impressive thing. And, and I will be curious, as I've mentioned, whether either Sony or Microsoft or both will try some sort of the way they tried to copy the Wii with the move and whatever, whether they try and do a copy of, of the Switch or not. I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. So, guys, play those games, and uh, pl- we'll go watch Gunlock on RoosterTeeth.com. And Ruby, because those shows are fucking awesome. And good anime is as good as anything on television. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. All right, Eth. Uh, so, you guys can find Ethan at L underscore Fedorable on the Twitches and, and the Twitter. Twitters. Um, and, uh, about nothing. Don't follow me. Yeah. Feel free to troll him lovingly, but if you troll him not lovingly, I will troll you not lovingly. Um, and, uh, you, you won't be happy about it. So please be nice about that. I I don't think you've had any problems with that. (laughs) I no, I haven't. No one's been mean to me ever. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us for this sixth edition of the, uh, awkward controllers as it is so titled and, um, always evolving. Ethan, thank you so much for being on. Um, Oh, just really quickly as we sign off, any games that are not out, uh, that we didn't mention that you're looking forward to in the next weeks or months. Uh, I, I can't comment. I gotta wait till tomorrow after okay. what Nintendo tells us. We'll, we'll, we'll build that into the next one. We do our our uh, Destiny yeah. 2. War, War Groove was yeah. kind of it. War Groove was kind of yeah. it. And then I was hoping Anthem was yeah. going to be good. Oh, I know what it, I, it's good. Whatever. I know. I wanted to talk about how um, Destiny 2, Destiny and then Destiny 2 is had such a long takeoff. Um, and, and I think the, the contrast to that that might be interesting will be Diablo 3. Uh, which I think is trash. I mean, I still think I still think it's trash, but it was definitely trash in the beginning. Even they admitted that it was trash in the beginning. I yeah. still think it's trash, but you know the 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 um 
the morphing and changing of, of the MMOs, blah, 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 right? That could be an interesting topic. Yeah. All right. Thank you, BizzleCast listeners. We'll be talking at you soon. May the force be with you. But for now, the BizzleCast is out.